Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the most obstructive of, I can't even think of what kind of a podcast it is. However, I know someone who can, and that's my unbelievably excellent, fantastic, greatest co-host in the world, Mr. Everett Farnell. I got to tell you something, Steve. I know we have decided how we're working together here, but that I, I think decision we need is to renegotiate. Stupid. Yeah, I think we need to renegotiate because I have terrible. Uh, uh, Run him. Like I'm getting taken advantage of. That's I, I'm not, stupid. At, you're I, losing. I'm not, yeah, I, I just don't. You're feel anti-podcast. Like thing. I just don't feel like things are working out for me. So you're unfit. But, uh, so unfit. We, need to, we need to have a conversation and really start discussing some other ways to work together. And if not, then maybe hurting all the listeners. Start working with someone else and help their podcast out. You know, you're hurting the listeners. You're hurting the podcast. Clearly, there's no rhyme or reason to what you're doing, and you're unfit, and you're a wild man, and you're unhinged, and you're off the deep end, and everyone is well, against you. Whatever well, I mean, long-term I... plans you have, since they haven't happened yet, you're wrong. Well, I think what uh, <laughs> what you need to understand is that... I have to laugh at myself, because that's kind going... of a funny thing. <laughs> that's like, well, funny... No, I, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an interim... Like, buy the house. ...so that our listeners can oh, actually... Here, here, dear listener here, of course what we're talking yeah. about is the trade wars, right? So all the anti-Trumpers on every side of the aisle is if it matters. What, so there's no size of aisle. There's just big government and there's Trump. So they're all coming out and going, yeah, I hate tariffs. Tariffs are bad. Tariffs are no good. Trump's an idiot to be making all these. He's hurting all the farmers, and he's proving he's hurting the farmers because now he says we need $12 billion to bail out the farmers. That's proof. He's self-admitting that he has screwed the farmers with his stupid trade policy. He's off the deep end on this one. Trump's a lunatic maniac. What can you do? But this is what he wants to do, but everyone's against it. It'll never work. He can't do anything, and he's hurting everybody. And then suddenly, you know, oh, why isn't he putting, why is he putting tariffs on his friends, his allies? Why are we putting tariffs on Canada and everybody? Why not just China, blah, 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 Trump's an idiot, blah, blah. And then suddenly, out comes, boom, EU trade deal. And suddenly, all the farming associations, all the whatever, where the meat and the dairy and the soybeans or whatever is piling up in silos and warehouses and not being shipped to China, that first of all, they got a little bailout money temporarily from from the government and second of all they're like oh guess what new customers we'll just ship our stuff to a little bit north to europe and the heck with china and so now what pray tell what are all the people in china going to eat because suddenly china is going to be very soon sitting completely on the outside are they not as soon as trump signs some more trade deals with canada Mexico, Japan, you name it, anyone else, suddenly Russia and China are going to be the ones on the outside getting their economies crushed because nobody's going to need to do business with them. Yeah, I can't say for sure. You're brilliant. 
I'm pretty sure under Mao they ate a lot of dirt, but I, I don't think that they would appreciate going back to that going back to that situation. It is pure brilliance. It was a long-term yeah. strategy where Trump knew he was going to get blasted in the short term. It was going to hurt the farmers in the short term. And all he kept saying is, you got to have some patience. He knew that he's working out a deal with Canada. He's working out a deal with Japan. He's working out a deal with with. Whoever, he's working on a deal with the EU. He knew he's working these deals out. It takes a little time. You go back and forth. He knew. But all the anti-Trumpers on every side of the aisle come out of the woodwork. It's bad. He's hurting the farmers. Knowing the farmers going to vote for him. This is bad for the party. He's never going to get reelected now. China's going to win the trade war. They're going to squash us like a bug. I'm like, nothing could be further than true. All you lunatics, as usual, being so deranged. It's one thing to be deranged and just like scream and cry and moan and blame and do everything, even like a year or two years after the election, whatever. It's another thing to allow that to cloud your judgment and your brain so much that you can't even think and inquire as to why Trump might be doing what he was doing. Which to me, like I said, I haven't seen trade deals with Canada, Mexico, Japan yet, but I just believe they're coming. I believe if you're listening to this on a replay, and it's a month from after we're recording this here in late July 2018, you're going to know that by then, trade deals have been done with these other countries, entities, whatever. Right. And now, China and Russia are frozen out from selling all their stuff to Europe and Japan and everyone else, and they're going to have to capitulate and say, holy crap, we're going to have to budge. Trump, you won the trade war. Right. That's just my opinion. Well, and that's the thing. That when people talk about trade wars, see, it used to be they were talking about politically talking about trade wars, but we have an entrepreneur in office now. So this is not something where we're trying to, you know, I don't think Trump, Trump is trying to destroy the other country. He's not trying to hurt the other country. He's just trying to renegotiate the deal so that we have better deals. Well, we that's a great. So even the use and, of the trade war, it implies that it's some kind of a battle of trying to hurt somebody. Trump's just trying to take decades of weak, ridiculous capitulating of crap, making crappy trade deals with the rest of the world and just saying, I don't understand. No one ever looks at these and goes, why do we have, oh, I know somebody, I saw somebody came out on TV the other day and said something like, our policy in Europe, I only caught a part of this, as if I could pay attention to the news, give me a break, but I, I know we do this podcast, so I got to turn it on once in a while. But I, So pardon me if I don't really know what I'm talking about here, but I thought I saw somebody saying the genesis of our trade deals with European nations came out of post-World War II Marshall Plan mentality of we got to help rebuild Europe. Right. So right. therefore, we need to give them really good deals because they are decimated countries with no anything of their own, but here it is, what is it, 70 years? I'm pretty sure that they're recovered by now, and maybe now we can sell that nonsense and make a deal that's fair. Well, and, and when we sold them our stuff during World War II, before we got into the war, when we were selling our stuff to Europe, we sold it for gold. So we had all the gold. So we had all the financial power in the world at the time. So, yes, we went back and we tried to help Europe rebuild with good trade deals. But exactly. I, I mean, that time is long past gone and it's time to start. You know, I mean, you hate to say, look it out for number one, but that's what we need you to do. I don't hate to say that at all. In fact, I wake up every morning looking in the mirror and saying that. What? Who else am I looking out for? Well, and I include my wife. 
and yeah, my clients. Right, I include my wife. I include my clients. And when we had our right, doggy, right. I include my doggy. That's number one to me, my family. And, and I, I'm with you. Trump, number one, is America. That's number one. That's I'm pretty sure yeah, that's the job. Right. Like, you know, I'm a sports fan, right? Yeah, so yeah, I love the New job. York Mets. I'm pretty sure, I hope, that every player and the manager and the owner wake up every morning going, hey, I need to do what's best for the New York Mets today. So I don't care if the other team's pitcher is having a bad time. We need to beat them. And I don't care if the score's 12 nothing. Let's make it 15 nothing. And I don't care if we're up by 10 games in the standings, which the Mets, I don't think they ever are, but let's make it 12. I believe that that's how they should be. Why uh, Is that so off base? Was that such a, what, that's somehow wrong? Where, when, when did that become wrong? Where's no, Ayn Rand when you need her? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, obviously I don't believe You know, this whole, uh, Ayn Rand, where people are, don't know, Atlas Shrugged, and, you know, I think most well-known, most famous for her promotion of selfishness. But that has such right. a negative connotation. Oh, selfish is bad. You need to give back and be altruistic. And be- Yeah, no. If everyone on earth was concerned and responsible for their own well-being, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't need to be giving and helping only the really needy people, which, of course, there's a safety net, and you help the really needy people. Anyway, I'm right. all for being responsible and, quote, selfish to take care of myself. Right. The term is enlightened self-interest. And, uh, right. And, yes, that in the core of enlightened self-interest is long-term good. Not immediate right. good, not good next week or next hour or next 15 minutes, but long-term good. What's going to help you in the long-term? And that's what Trump is doing. Sure, there's some short-term pain involved because things have been so screwed up for so long that unwinding that is going to be a little painful. But he is unwinding it. He's getting better trade deals. And the point is, is that that's what a business owner needs to look at in their business. They need to look at the long-term good of their business. So even How more, not people. Yet. Have you got to have the balls of steel to take the action, the long-term positive action they need to right. take for the good of their business, their employees, their customers, their suppliers, everybody. Even in the face of sometimes, like you see with Trump with the trade deals, that while you're working on the long-term plan, there might be a short-term hiccup where it's tough in the short term. Well, you got to have the balls to withstand that because you know that you're working on some things that are going to turn out right. So maybe. Maybe temporarily, you might have to lay off a crew or two. Oh, everyone, oh, well, the company's going under. He's like, you know you're getting a big, huge contract that's coming out. It's just not getting awarded for another week, but you've heard inside information. You're definitely getting it. But you know you're bringing them all back and raising all their pay, but you, you can't say that yet. You have to have the balls and the nerve to do these unpopular short-term things sometimes for the better long-term good. That's what you see Trump doing. How many clients have you told that they should shut down a portion of their business because All even though it was increasing a substantial, it was it was creating a lot of cash flows, creating a negative profit or zero profit in the All in the, the, time. the business owner. A client just—it's amazing you say that yesterday because I I was at an profit. event, I was speaking at an event, one of my clients showed up and he was talking to one of the other speakers there and. They said, what's the thing, because this guy, this other speaker is actually supposed to be sending me contracts here, I think, today. He wants to do a deal with me and have me help consult and, and teach his people some stuff, his business owner people, his members. And so he asked my client, you know, hey, what's the number one thing Steve taught you? And that's exactly what he said. He goes, the number one thing Steve taught me is how to say no. 
Right. And that's what you're talking there about. There you go. And how yes, to say no. Exactly. when Even when you think something is short-term good, but it's going to hurt you long-term, and it's going to put a damper on other things you're working on. And I'm famous for that, of people saying, like, oh, people coming up to me in events. If any of our listeners have ever been to these events where people are selling something, some gizmo, or there's sponsors that have, you know, the latest this, that, whatever, and people will come up to me and go, Steve, do you think this is good? Do you think this works? And I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it works. I'm pretty sure, you know, the guys are speaking up on the stage because this thing works. But that's not the question. The question is, is it what you need right now? Right. You told me you need right. to work on this. And now you're telling me you need to buy this? So, for instance, you know, you told me that you need to work on your email marketing, and now this guy has a system for marketing on Pinterest, and you need to spend $2,000 and buy that? I'm sure it works. And then almost always their answer to me is, you're right. I don't need it. I'm like, no, I didn't make a conclusion. I didn't state whether I'm right. I just asked you the asked. question. You're right, I don't need it. it. Oh, I was just question. asking. But that's, yeah, that's, you, you've hit the nail on the head. That's what I'm most known for and why my clients' wives love me the most. They say, you know, I hear it all the time. They're like, Steve, I just got to thank you that ever since he's been your client, he is no longer throwing away thousands of dollars all the time and all kinds of shiny objects he doesn't need. You've taught him how to say no. Right. So that's what really where this affects business owners is you have to take a look at your business and take a look at where the opportunity, the long-term opportunity for growth is. And sometimes that means some short-term consolidation. And so you can, but, right. but in the long term, you're going to be much better off. So you consolidate and then you move forward. Sometimes it means a little short-term pain. Sometimes it means a little short-term, sometimes it means some spending that you don't feel like you can afford right now. But if you don't make the spending, you don't get the benefits in the long term. Whatever that is, you need to sit down, you need to take a look, and you need to make your considerations based on the long-term good, not, oh, my God, how am I going to cover that if I don't? That would mean increasing my expenses by, by 25% for six months. How would I cover that 25% expense? Well, it, maybe you need to reduce your take. Maybe you need to let some people go. Maybe you need to work on creating revenue somewhere else. Whatever you have to do, you make the decision to increase your expenses because in the long term, it means double, triple, quadrupling your business over the next five years. No, no. I also just realized is Trump is not only doing all this great stuff for America and getting the country back on track. Oh, one thing before I, I wanted to mention was also you see Trump's chess playing of doing this in the right order. So you want to remember that in your business, too. He didn't come out of the gate on day one after inauguration and say, I'm raising tariffs across on everybody. He said, first, I know that when I he knew he said, well, he's thinking a year and a half ahead and said, when I raise the tariffs, this could temporarily put a damper on the economy. It could slow things down a little bit. So the first First thing I got to do is ramp up the economy that for eight years has been destroyed. I mean, first was totally destroyed by the last guy before Obama. I mean, Bush, you know, that, you know, so it's 10 years. But then Obama, who knew nothing about how to get an economy going, even came out and said, you know, uh, modern economy, you can't get more than 2% GDP. What are you talking? Dude, you just suck. So Trump said, <laughs> I got to like cut taxes. I got to more importantly, cut all these regulations. I got to be very friendly to small business. I got to do all kinds of great things to get the economy really strong, you get the stock market to grow up 40% and all this stuff, repatriate all kinds of money, get all kinds of manufacturing going back in the U.S., to have this cushion so that when I start this tariff war, it's going to be from a position of such massive strength that, number one, you can't stop us, and China and EU and everyone knows they just got to capitulate. The U.S. is the most powerful economy on earth, and we're back, baby. And number two, we can technically handle a little glitch. Even Trump's popularity or whatever it's rated on, 
Amazon can handle, oh, GDP dip from 4.1 to 3.8. It would be okay. So that's also the right order, right. folks. So maybe before you go after this, maybe a big contract that's going to take you months and have, oh, you have to get all kinds of new machinery and all kinds of improvements and changes you have to make to your business to be able to handle that thing. Make sure you're in a position of strength. Get your cash flow strong. Get your employees solid. Get everything done, all your ducks in a row before you do the big ballsy, short-term, hard, long-term, right strategy. That's an important thing you're also learning from Trump. But the main thing I, I wanted to say is maybe you're getting a little motivation. So next time you're feeling the heat, when you take a long-term strategy that's tough in the short term and you're feeling the heat from all ends, just think of Trump and say it's another good thing he's doing here. Not only is he helping the economy and America in general and whatever, but he's given a little motivation, a little something small business owners we can all think about. Next time you're going through that situation, remember what Trump went through and I think is still technically going through with this trade war. I bet he's still right. got detractors who still don't see it and realize, yeah, hey, you know what? Trump made it through. He had the balls of steel. I'm going to do it too. And you're not alone on an island. That's to be a true leader and a strong business person. That's what you got to do. You can't just go through and keep doing short-term things every day that are good for the business and ignoring something that could be short-term hard, but long-term really, really beneficial. I mean, is that, am I off yeah, base ever? No, you're not off base at all. Listen, it's never easy to climb to the top of Everest. It's always easier to take a little hike around the base and take a little hike around the base and take a little hike around the base, especially on a day-to-day -day basis. But as long as you're hiking around the base, as long as you're hiking around at the bottom of the hill, the bottom of the mountain, you're never going to reach the peak. There's an old Chinese story about, and I forget the type of bird, but there's this supposedly this huge bird that flies straight up into the sky. He, he travels 10,000 miles, uh, but before he travels 10,000 miles, he flies straight up for 45 days, just just keeps flying straight up in the air. And, you know, the little swallow, the little tiny bird, is always laughing at how ridiculous he is because he flies and flies and flies and expends so much effort for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. And he gets nowhere because he's going straight up. He travels nowhere. He just, he doesn't go anywhere. In the meantime, the little swallow is jumping from tree limb to tree limb to tree limb and he never leaves the five or ten trees that he always sits in. But by the time this bird gets after his 45-day trek, then he travels 10,000 miles miles and his migratory pattern. And that's what you got to remember. To the point about your timing, it's always got to be long term and you got to make it the right time. If, if the big bird tried to fly up for a week instead of for six weeks and then try to drive a fly a thousand miles, he would fail. And it's a lot of effort and a lot of work for him to fly straight up for six weeks. And it doesn't look like he's making any progress at all. As a matter of fact, it looks like he's wasting a ton of time and just expending effort for no reason at all. And then suddenly at the right time, when everything is all set in place, he begins his travel and he flies further than any other bird in creation. So that's really, I think, what we're looking at here is don't look at where you're going to be tomorrow or next week or next month. Now, obviously, you got to keep one eye there because you you can't crash the car, can't crash the business in an attempt to build a, a huge business. I was gonna and, and you can do that. Look there, but, but you got to do both. You got to keep an eye on, you know, one eye on the road, but you also got to keep one eye out onto the horizon and make sure that you're always going in the right direction. Well, here's I, the I thing. Think that's what story that perfectly illustrates the point and what I like most about it, the amazing irony that it is a Chinese story to relate 
how Trump is crushing China in the trade I didn't war. Even, I didn't even think about that. I got it from, again. Uh, I got it from Thick Face, Black Heart, from Chin Ming Chu, I think. Is how you Love that book. And so Art of War, Thick Face, Black Heart, if you want to know war, like China's good. Yeah. And Trump undoubtedly has read all that stuff, too, and uses it every day and is now using the Chinese philosophy against them and crushing them and... He is winning again. Winning. Yes. And if you think that's winning, then you ought to check out, as you always should, the advanced tip of the week that we don't share here to the general public, only to the most industrious people that really care the most about their success. That doesn't take too much care, because all you have to do is go over to lessons learned from DonaldTrump.com. You can get the advanced tip we, of the week. Yeah, right. I mean, a, you don't have to care that much. The way to their keyboard and, and have an internet a, connection a, and a keyboard. They've got, a, they've got a laboriously type out. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that could be a little much. Donald Trump. And then they've got to wait while their computer loads up the website for, you know, one twentieth of a second. And I would rather if, continue if, to be trusted in my business. I'm not going to invest all of that six seconds worth of time and energy to get the advanced tip of the week. We kid. Of course, we know you will. You should, although not everyone will. You laugh, but most... By far, most listeners to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast don't get the advanced tip of the week. Never ceases to amaze me Please. how they can't just go get it. When does it do? We hey, get some me. amazing success stories. It's a lot of fun to help people, and there's a lot of success. We suggest you join in on the party. And speaking of the party, once again, there's China again. Don't they only have, they have like one party, right? They call it like the party. Anyway, okay. that'll do it. For this episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, join us again next week, same time, same place, for another exciting and fun lesson learned, which we have no idea what it'll be or what will happen, but I do want one thing. The sky will be falling, the earth will be crashing, and the world will be ending based on something or multiple things that Trump says or does this week, and we'll bring it to you next week on another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.